on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. The cost of online advertising is too high. Deck your ads with bounds of 2000 and late CTAs. Microsoft Ads rolls out a slew of new features, some of which are in better taste than others. Google Ads Editor released 1.7. Oh, wait, check that. Is releasing version 1.7 on Monday. All on today's show. You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week, powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm your host, Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. I'm Mark Saltarelli. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on August 6th, 2021. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again. I was off last week. It is so good to see you guys. And while I was in Maine, just a quick update in response to what you said on the show. Um, the bloobs were quite delicious. They were not small. <laughs> okay. The impression was not good. It's great. Greg, that was it's like pretty easy to impersonate me. You just have to say like a lot and you know like, oh. you sounded like Harry Carey. You did not sound like me. All right, I'll redo it. Well, in Maine, did you know that's where Taylor Swift got her inspiration off song number three, album number four? That's Rhode Island. Oh, Close. see? All right. Okay, that was a little bit better. And another thing I have to respond to is your little confession about Broadmatch. I would just like to bring up that when we shared an article about the new Broadmatch a few months ago, I was like, I don't know, guys. This sounds kind of good. People are saying good things. I might want to try it. And Greg, you were like, no, don't try it. Now we're trying it. We're working on an account together. And you were the one who got to say it's working well. Yeah, I kind of stole your thunder there. I'm pretty annoyed. <laughs> but it is working well, yes. right? All right. Sadly. <laughs> I don't want to say all the time it's working well on this account. We have some reasons. We'll talk about it more sometime. But yeah, it's okay. But how have you guys been? What's new in your world, Greg? Um, in my world, everything's been great. Um, I went to a party the other day for like an engagement party, uh, a family party. Uh, relative like a cousin that that probably shouldn't say names but that's fine <laughs> and there's one child there as big as my seven-year-olds and was about four years old and it's just sort of like a little wrecking ball kid and it was like he was going under the table and like people like oh watch out They're like pinching toes just like kind of like a little little wrecking ball it's the best way to describe describe him so this kid comes up to me and like does he speak mandarin no okay had his pants on as well. Comes <laughs> like po 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 points and like pokes me. I'm like okay, and I'm sitting on the couch, and he grabs my face and like Billy Madison, like you got to cherish it style, grabs my cheeks and it starts squeezing my cheeks, and my glasses are like going up, and I'm like I don't know what's going on here, and he gets up really close to my face and spits right in my face. Stop it. Spits right in my face. Did you tell his parents? His parents were watching. What did they do? It's I would They yanked him outside to their credit. They made him come in and, and, and apologize. But then that's awkward for you because you have to be like, it's okay. I know. It's not. I was horrified. I've never been spit in the face from four inches away. By a kid? kid just spit in my face. 
I hope he's not a marketer. You're out of control. That's bad. He's an SEO. I would wow. throw up. I can't even watch people spit in people's faces on TV. It's it was awful. So, but I it seemed 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 fine. Mark, I hope you have a better story. <laughs> I, I just needed a moment. Um, it's it's been a while since I've been here, and I'm very happy to yes, be back. It has been. Welcome back, and it's good. I also had a very lovely vacation in the Adirondacks, but I really have to say that I am so tired of how rainy it's been in New York this July. I vacation plans very much had to change. I ended up sleeping in a kitchen because <laughs> the place where I was supposed to sleep was flooded from the rain. It Under was insane. the table or over or on the table? So there wasn't a kitchen table, so I was like <laughs> next to the in between like the counter and the door and it was literally so rude. I'm sleeping in this kitchen <laughs> on air mattresses with my one cousin because the place where we sleep, it was it screened in porch and the rain was going from one end of the screened in porch to the other. And this screened in porch is like the size of a house. Oh my God. And it was horrifying. It was a monsoon. And everyone's getting up early in the morning Unloading after we had been up doing karaoke and drinking all night because that's what we do in our family vacations. And they're videotaping us sleeping in the kitchen. Like, how rude. I'm trying to sleep. Do not capture it on video. I did not sign a video consent waiver. You didn't. (laughs) You really didn't. I'm sorry for your troubles. Caleb, do you have anything fun going on? (laughs) Well, I wouldn't call it fun, but as, you know, hopefully you know if you've been listening, I moved into my new apartment, and there's a bunch of stuff you learn that just comes with moving and, like, growing up and stuff. Uh, I'm currently engaged in a war with spiders, like, all throughout my apartment. We Like, first night, I was unpacking stuff, and I saw a spider the size of an oatmeal cream pie. And I was about to, and I, and I literally, like, got in my car, went right to Lowe's, Home Depot, Target, and bought every pesticide I could find. Oh what a comparison, by the way. <laughs> oh, There's so pie. many things the same I, size. I, I, I think we're, like, the complete opposite, because I have a lot of spiders in my house, and I have, like, one that, like, hangs out in my bathroom when I say hi to it. Absolutely not. What? Absolutely. I love spiders. They eat all of the annoying That's bugs. a guilty spiders pleasure. Spiders are friends. If it's bigger than a quarter, a and it's not paying rent. I ceiling above no. my shower, and I say hi to it every morning. <laughs> no, You're absolutely nuts. not. So, my apartment's currently, like, a chemical warfare zone, so don't. It's just like gonna get sanctioned by the UN or something. It's it's really bad. Well, you should try what I do. I tell all the bugs in my house that you pick the wrong house <laughs> and then I kill them or have someone else do it. Yeah. All right. And before I get into the news here, in case you missed the newest episode of the Agency Scoop. First with, of all, how dare you? How dare you? With the one and only Jill Fetcher, there was myself made an appearance along with Matt Mombre who leads our development here and is a founder at Cypress North. And we talked, it's like the absolute worst time to launch this pandemic. I disagree. Because we've recorded it in like May, June, in June, but it's about the pandemic and how we handled it and what we did. But people are going to have to be handling it again, possibly. That's true. That's true. And I I, think it's great timing. And every day now I just look and see if there's a mask mandate in our area and all this. But we released kind of what was going through our heads, what we did, and just the response. And what you learned. And what we learned. People can learn from what you learned. I think it's great. So check that out. The Agency Scoop with Jill Fetcher, myself, and Matt. Don't miss it. Getting into the news this week, as Microsoft Advertising does, Microsoft Advertising announced a bunch of new features all at once, and we have to walk you through them all at once here in one story. So buckle up, people. Here we go. 
First, they announced the launch of target impression share bidding. So similar to Google Ads, if you use this in Microsoft, it will automatically set your bids based upon where you want your ads to appear in your target impression share settings. So you can say, I wanna be anywhere on the first page, I wanna be at the top of the first page, so one of those first four ads, or I wanna be at the absolute top, meaning you are the very first ad. You can set a max CPC limit with these and it's compatible with campaign experiments if you wanna give it a test. I love that we're getting more options, but I literally have no use case for this except for politicians who want to throw their money away. I don't know. What about Brandon? So you want to be in the first spot 100% of the time? No, the first the first four ads. I guess if it's super, super competitive. Mar- yeah, there's a client we're all working that on cutthroat? that is has some affiliate issues. And of course. I didn't think of that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, you want to make sure that you've got, you're up there showing for your terms and specifically for microsoft they let anybody bid on anything it's like oh yeah they have no like they say they have copyright rules but you could put anything in your ad copy bid on any keywords it doesn't matter i guess if it's that important it's just so sad that you're paying you're gonna pay so much for this vanity metric for your brand name but I mean, it's good that they're in Seattle because it is the Wild West in bidding out there. You can bid on anything. And if you're like, oh, I at least want to show up there, that's a decent use case. My only issue is that I feel like as soon as you go to automated bidding, the close variants get way worse. Mm-hmm. And when you're using the same bid strategy for an entire campaign, you lose control over individual keywords that might have worse close variants than others. And I'm for that specific client, I'm seeing really bad close variants on branded terms that are mapping to very generic things for phrase match keywords. And I had to pause a bunch of branded keywords because they were mapping to non-branded terms. So the other thing I like about it, though, I don't know. You can set the max CPC you want to spend. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, true. don't go over this, which is which is cool. Because we have another client, Shep, you and I are working on, where somebody, we had to undo a rule of doing this by the rule. It was a Microsoft rule that was in place saying, move the bid to the top, to the, um, top of page, mm-hmm. basically. And we had to undo this. And in reality, they could have just used this new bid type. Yeah. So I've never used it. But I mean, we're using broad match, so anything can happen. <laughs> So more exciting new features. They have automated extensions, more automated extensions. I wish I could turn myself into my favorite emoji, which is the upside down smiley face. Like That's not your favorite emoji. It's one of them. The cartwheel is top your, that's Cartwheel is like everlasting right now that upside down smiley is like up there. It's iconic. Yeah. So I don't love this. First, they have dynamic location extensions. These will pull location info from the advertiser location extensions and Bing Maps. Dynamic multimedia, multimedia extensions will append multimedia assets such as images and videos. These will start rolling out in early 2022. Syndication decorations are automated buttons or enhancements that partners use to entice clicks. That just sounds awful. Are you kidding me with the word decoration <laughs> about like performance advertising? <laughs> what? Decoration. <laughs> As I feel like decoration implies that something doesn't have a purpose. It's just for aesthetic. It's, and that's kind of what this is. Do you see the example? I, I guess this pixelated well, logo is the decoration. It is. That they I cre- can't believe this is new. This <laughs> literally is the definition of 2000 and late. That, exactly. That button looks like it's from 2004. 
But what do we think of that CTA? See it. <laughs> it's like it's the a- one that was like, click here or something. Like, what? And it's funny. The example is about coffee. And it's like, oh, we've got, here's our coffee. How about taste it? Yeah. Taste Buy it. it. Grind it. <laughs> I cannot believe how bad this example is, but I'm kind of glad it's like more inspiration for, or more motivation for people to turn these off because- yeah. Surprise, surprise, you're I automatically think opted in. Less likely to click this if I saw that box. See it. <laughs> I'd rather see click here. I'd rather close my eyes. So, yeah, I'd like to pick my own decorations if I'm going to have them. So, you are opted into these automatically. Make sure you go and opt out. Um, they're easier to find than Google Ads. So, good luck, everyone. Then an announcement I do like, if you have an MCC, they are launching account level labels so advertisers can label accounts, campaigns, ads, and keywords across accounts, and these can be used in reports. As a label freak, I am so obsessed with this. I hope you can sort by label in your MCC dropdown and like tag the ones you work on, not have to filter through everything, and it'll be great for clients with multiple brands and accounts for reports. Love that. More good news, shopping and other feed-based campaigns will be compatible with product conversion goals. Here's how Microsoft explains these. Quote, a customer clicks on an ad for product A, navigates away without purchasing, and then clicks on an ad for product B, but ends up purchasing product A, if you're still following me. (laughs) With the product conversion goal, you can track this as a conversion for product A, not based on the last click. So... I think that makes more sense. I like that. You yeah. can also attribute conversions at the brand level and Amy Bishop's article from SEJ will be in the notes and it'll talk about that in detail. Also announced at Integral Ad Science platform-wide brand safety protection is now available globally. globally. And the end of this article is a bunch of updates to those unified campaigns we discussed a while ago. They are unified smart campaigns smart in quotation marks (laughs) and these ads can run on search and social they sound terrifying but if you care they made some changes based on early feedback you can now post on instagram from these campaigns there are updates to access management there are updates to campaign management there's a new billing experience they also added the ability to add multiple sub accounts under a single parent account that's a lot of changes based on early feedback so i feel like people aren't loving these a lot of big changes Got any more news for us, Mark? Yes, I actually have some fun data to share um, from Lauren Johnson of Business Insider. Facebook, Google, and Amazon are having a banner year, and it's causing ad prices to spike. Here's exactly how much. And I wonder if she intended for that pun to be there. Um, Also, this... I do have data on TikTok and Snapchat as well, but for some reason that was cut from the title of this article. And I want to start out with some context around this. According to Johnson, um, she concluded that the price increases can be attributed first, she says, Apple's tracking changes. Um, And then um, she noted two other big things, which I don't necessarily think are big noteworthy changes because these have been happening over the last 10 years or so. Um, Shifting TV spend to digital and retailers shifting spend um, to online advertising to accommodate the switch to e-commerce. I think those are things that have been happening over the past few years. But never know what the terrible ads during the Olympics. (laughs) They're so out of control. 
Lori Hernandez is a spokesperson for diabetes because her dad has diabetes. It's just crazy. That is also a 15-minute commercial. It's so long. <laughs> How, what? I'm, I, I have not. I've only been watching the Olympics on YouTube. You're doing so it the right way. I am, I am lost. You're doing it right. All you need is coming at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Great. I, can, I can't wait. But the thing that really, like, I think that there were a lot of good data points in this article, but the thing that really annoyed me was that it focused a lot on the changes in costs from Q1 of this year to Q2 and completely ignored the fact that um, parts of the country started reopening in the U.S. and people are spending less time online. Yeah, you just cannot look at anything year over year right now. It's like comparing apples to oatmeal cream pie spiders. (laughs) Or quarters to quarter. Yeah. It's not good. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. And let's start off with our lovely um, space rocket company, Amazon. Um, (laughs) So let's look at some of the metrics here. So cost per clicks are up 20% between the first and second quarter across every single ad format on the platform. And looking at the same period, um, CPMs are up as much as 87% for some advertisers. um, And ad revenue is up correspondingly 87% year over year. A lot of people talked about Bezos's hat, the cowboy hat, you know. But the thing I thought was really egregious is you're an astronaut going into space and everybody's got the space suit on and the space shoes and everything. Not Bezos. Bezos wore the cowboy boots in there. He's a space cowboy. Go roll the tape back. (laughs) He literally wore cowboy boots when everybody else wore the uniform. It's insane. Did you see it, Caleb? Yeah, and I loved how when he got out of the space, he puts on the hat hat immediately. (laughs) Give me that hat. Well, he's such a little dweeb dressing up like a cowboy, spending all of this money on a rocket that didn't even go as far as NASA was doing in the 1950s. It literally went less than my (laughs) daily commute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. (laughs) like what a waste like what why why did you do that like these boots are made for launching okay (laughs) and no just never hopefully never again what about facebook um so facebook um they're saying cpm is up 89 percent year over year and 30 percent from q1 to q2 with an average cpm of 11 dollars, which in my experience doesn't seem that high like when i run b2b ads on facebook with cpm has been more in like the 15 dollar range so i don't think I this don't is trust terrible any data from facebook advertising well, it's a mess. Yeah. And they're still like, and they're reporting like a 47% increase in average ad costs quarter over quarter and expect that to climb even more, but don't specify what those costs are and then turn right to blaming it on Apple. When their platform already collects so much data that you just need to like incorporate into your ad platform. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Stop blaming Apple for your problems, Facebook. <laughs> Um, next up on the Google front, um, YouTube CPMs increased 108% year over year and revenue is up 84% year over year. I would expect that to be a little bit more consider how many people are using YouTube, but interesting data point um, on the display network, CPMs are up 198% year over year, um, which makes a lot Whoa. of sense given 
how much more competition there is in that space. That's actually really surprising. You think more people be at home, not be able to do much, being on YouTube in 2020. Oh not now. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. one that kind of... shorts. Look, YouTube ain't making anything off shorts because nobody's watching them. Okay. $100 million fund. <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing it up every time mm-hmm. we bring it up. But yeah, also, why aren't we comparing this to 2019? Like, why are we comparing this to last year yeah, when everyone right. was at home? Um, and then lastly, um, cost per clicks are reportedly up for search and shopping an average of $1 in Q2 and a 40% year-over-year increase, which was a huge surprise for me because looking at my clients, I like pulled this because I did not really believe this. Like I have one client that's down 35% year over year. And then one client we're doing both search and shopping. I looked and they're down 8% for cost per click. So I don't know what's going on, but someone's doing something wrong if your cost per click is up. And then looking at Snapchat, which did not make the headline, um, CPM is up 64% year over year. And they shared an interesting statistic that they really have not been affected as much by the Apple tracking changes as they expected. And their revenue is still up 116% year over year. So, hey, Facebook, um, you can make this work if Snapchat can. (laughs) You have way more resources. It's all the kids in their streaks. I forgot that was a thing. thing. Oh, it's still a thing. Oh my gosh. I haven't used Snapchat in like five years. And rounding out the count is everyone's favorite social media platform, TikTok. Um, CPM there is up 92% year over year. And again, another data point that was left out in terms of thinking about how costs have changed is the there are probably a lot more advertisers on the platform this year than there were last year just as people adopt TikTok as an advertising mm-hmm. channel. So I think these were very great metrics to share, but I wouldn't take these at face value if you're going to consider these in your strategy, do more investigation because of those that monthly active user point is left out and other things like TikTok, like advertiser growth. These data points need to be considered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Greg, what's going on with you? All right. There's a new version of Google Ads Editor 1.7, sort of. And from the article from George Wynn over at Search Engine Land, he says, Google Ads Editor version 1.7 brings support for hotel leads and lead form extensions. So went to go read it, clicked on a link, and the link was taken down. And PPC Greg saw the same thing tweeted George, and apparently it's now no longer releasing this week that we're talking about. It's now going to release on August 9th, so technically Monday if you're listening to this. So anyway, we still have the details, and we're reporting in here. You heard it first here, people. But in 1.7, advertisers can use the Google Ads Editor to manage hotel ads, YouTube audio ads, and lead form extensions. There's not a whole lot of detail. And then again, I cannot get it to the help page and I can't pull up the archive version of it. But according to this, you can select specific parts of a campaign to download. And it seems like you won't have to download the entire campaign. And so anybody with really large campaigns, this will be a big deal. I know some people like that. Yes. (laughs) However, the real thing that I would like, the real specific part of a campaign that I'd like to download wasn't addressed. And I- Negative keyword Negative keyword list. You can apply them. You can't make them. You can't edit them. Yes. We're going to hear about this more when I whine in the working, hardly working section. But anyway, 1.7 coming your way on Monday. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. 
This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from Josh Durham, Josh J. Durham on Twitter. And Josh has a take that says, it's easier to manage 40K a day in ad spend than it is to $500 a day. Is Josh wrong? We don't get we don't pass judgment here. It depends on the client. Well, I think it's I think it's more indicative of the client itself. Yeah. Like if you have a a, a smaller yeah. budget, everything matters so much, and you have you have less data many times because you have less spend and less ad dollars, and you don't get as much. And then any mistake is catastrophic. You have less to mm-hmm. experiment with. You have less to find out about. I just thought that the yeah, Josh, you're right. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> I think that the lower amount's definitely more stressful and like a lot more thinking. But the larger amount might be like more work, depending yeah, on how many different channels you have. On. Yeah, it like depends on your outlook about life. <laughs> it also depends on the company. Like who? It's more about how stringent they are with this money. I just feel like if you're only putting five hundred dollars up, you probably don't really care. Yeah, I mean, 40K to 500, that's a pretty big difference, but whatever. It's a take. Thank you. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI people from Patrick Cadu at Sounds Like Canoe on Twitter. Thank you for making that your handle. He says, I think about this a lot. This is the ugliest user experience possible, but you better believe Amazon has A-B tested the out of this. I almost slipped up and got bleeped again. Oh, no. It's so vulgar. We can all probably learn something from it. Tell me why I'm wrong. So he has a picture of the Amazon checkout page, and I don't really give this a lot of thought. Like, I've never thought of it as ugly because I order on Amazon all the time, and it just gives me the info I need. It's all right there. I guess the fonts and colors and text are all kind of chaotic. There's a lot happening. Um, But I see it so much, I kind of have no opinion. But anyway, then things got awkward because Karthik Senthil replied at Karthik, sorry, Karthik. And he said, Patrick, I used to work at Amazon, just left a month ago and was the the engineering manager, you think that's ENG, who owned the delivery piece of the experience. We AB extensively obviously but here are my quick thoughts on the screenshot so he says the magic of amazon is that we're at heart a decentralized company however with that comes fragmentation there are hundreds of variations of this page across different products countries device types etc we made a broad change that we spent months on to group all delivery information in one spot we chose below product price to simplify the experience for customers previously it had all been scattered We learned that when customers have all the things they care about, item price, delivery, speed, delivery price, et cetera, in one spot, then the purchasing decision can be made quickly. So that's kind of what I said. Like when you have everything there, who cares if it's ugly? I think the the crazy part is somebody whined about Amazon and the Amazon engineer was like, oh, I'm here. I'm on Twitter. Here's why. And has a thread as to what happened. Mm -hmm. It's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. And you think like, oh, this is ugly. No, they are testing that nonstop. You got to trust them. I think the only thing that really bothers me is that there are 
three different shades of teal. Yeah, that's what bothers me too. But I've never thought of it before because it's all there and I'm buying it right away and then it's at my house in two days. Who cares? (laughs) Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe, we have an article from the Optimizer blog about the difference between audience expansion and optimized targeting in Google Ads. I see why am I again. Google now uses optimized targeting instead of audience expansion for display, discovery, and video campaigns to expand your targeting beyond the audiences you have targeted if you have it turned on. And anytime you hear something that sounds like a fact coming from Google, like optimized or smart, you run the other way because it is not smart and it's not optimized. Okay, so let me tell you why. Audience expansion is essentially a system that starts from an advertiser's selected input. So the audiences that you are targeting and expands it from there. So if you're targeting SUV buyers, it could expand to car buyers. With optimized targeting, Google analyzes the converters from your campaign. If they find a pattern like the types of searches a lot of those converters are conducting, then the system will automatically start to show ads to other users with similar behaviors. So that's good to know. Either way, you're probably automatically opted into it and you don't know and they shouldn't be doing that. So thank you. Check your settings, people. Nerd alert, Nielsen is working on a cookie-less measurement approach. For logged in accounts, it will rely on first-party data for logged out traffic. Nielsen will use a machine learning model that leverages contextual data signals, time, browser content, and device information, and flock groups. Google is adding some fun new data visualization in display and video 360 campaigns. So this shows you added impression reach from a frequency cap, and it shows you how many unique users saw your ads due to your frequency cap. So that's kind of fun. Check it out, people. And Menem Ani tweeted this week, anyone seeing this, all extensions are hidden unless you use the upgraded filter. So he has like a drop down menu and you have to clip, click updated to <laughs> upgraded to see anything, which is like it's so, so stupid. It's so unreal. I can't, I haven't seen it. I checked a few accounts. Have Could you? you imagine having something all that's not all? Exact is not exact. <laughs> phrase is not phrase. What are we doing? Well, it's like the Conversions, all conversions. It's like what is the better nomenclature. That seems like the opposite of an upgrade. <laughs> if all's not all, what are we doing? I don't know. It might have been a bug because I can't find it. It's anywhere. a close variant. <laughs> and from social media today's Andrew Hutchinson, look at me, please. Facebook launches campaign ideas generator to help businesses with their promotional efforts. This includes ready to go ads. That will offer you images and copy to consider for use in your ads. Small business owners, look and listen, you guys. This isn't a Wendy's. There's no ready-to-go ads. You can do a better job than Facebook's AI, okay? Go check them out if you want, but don't use them. Twitter is the latest major site to join the flock block. This article from TechRadar says, quote, Just last month, security researcher Jane Manchin Wong discovered that Twitter was collecting data for flock by examining the source code of the website. Now, though it appears that the social network has removed support for Flock from the site as the new tracking technology is facing growing criticism. At Wong Man Jane is a lot of things, but I have never heard her described as a security researcher. That makes her sound so much more boring than she is, don't you think? Yeah, she should be like described as Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. That's what I think <laughs> of with her. 
Waking up every day. <laughs> She's like a treasure hunter. Yeah. 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 Nick Cage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So then she w- is a national treasure. <laughs> she is. Well, is she American? I don't even she's know. She's a global treasure. Yeah, she's even a global bigger. treasure. Yeah, yes. Gold so medal for finding I stuff. went to her Twitter to see how she identifies, and she's, her bio just says, the real hidden features are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> we don't deserve her. Oh, my gosh. And from Cole Soulwish from our team at Cypress North, at CJ Soulwish on Twitter, he says, calling all Google Shopping folks, Am I crazy or are we or are the metric columns removed in the Google Smart Shopping subdivision interface? I only see products submitted in Smart versus adjustable drop down in standard. Checked a few Smart Shopping campaigns. And you're not crazy, Cole, because a bunch of people replied and said that they saw the same thing. He has two screenshots here and there are cost and conversion value metrics in the standard shopping campaigns and not in the Smart. So that sucks. Not smart. <laughs> From the desk of Jessica Budd, she had a notification from Google Ads that says, scripts is changing soon. Shouldn't it be scripts are changing soon? Anyway. (laughs) They only proofread Danny Sullivan's articles and make them worse, (laughs) so don't worry. Try out the new scripts experience, which is in beta, by first opening your scripts. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So we can't really find any more info on this, but you might want to check... to make sure your scripts are working the way that they're supposed to because it seems like they're making some changes. Via Chris Ridley in our Discord channel, we have a search engine roundtable article where Barry is talking about how Google Merchant Center is going to enforce accurate manufacturer part numbers. So starting in August this year, item level warnings for quote, incorrect product identifier will be issued on the diagnostics page of your Merchant Center account then in September, Google will disapprove merchants with the issues. Chris is a recent addition to Discord, and he is really doing the most. Like, I think he joined while I was out last week. I came back. He's sharing, like, awesome spreadsheets for marketers and puppy pictures galore. Like, <laughs> thanks for being here, Chris. And if you want to join, community.marketingclock.com. Please do. That is it for paid. What's happening in organic? First up, we have a post from Cloudflare called Crawler Hints. How Cloudflare is reducing the environmental impact of web searches. And think about this like, oh, what is this? There's actually some interesting information and tech going on in here. So they're basically using sitemaps for sites hosted on Cloudflare to try to tell search engines what is new and what isn't based on when the search engine came last. So from the article, how will this work? At its simplest, we want to have a we want a way to proactively tell a search engine when a page has changed, rather than having to wait for the search engine to discover a change has happened. Search engines actually typically have a few ways to tell them about when an individual page or group of pages changes. For example, you can ask Google to recrawl a website, and they'll do so in quote a few days to a few weeks, and then they go on again talk about sitemaps and say. If you wanted to efficiently tell Google about changes, you'd have to keep track of when Google last crawled the page and tell them to recrawl when a change happens. And this is where the magic happens, or when the cloud flares. Okay. All right? They say, we see what pages 
our customers are serving, we know which ones have changed either by hash value or timestamp. So we can automatically build a complete record of when and which pages have changed. They talk about some of the priority items, but basically you're gonna they're gonna serve a specific search engine, a different sitemap based on changes that have been updated from when that last crawler hit the site, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So. Crawling enthusiasts like Mark will just love this. Spiders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, check that out and you can get all the notes from the show by signing up for a newsletter or going to community.marketingclock.com. And next up, by way of Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter, he says, super interesting part of the podcast, which is the search on the record podcast by Google, correct? I think it's off. Off? Off or on? I think it's off. off. It's off the record. record. Yeah, just to Mm -hmm. confirm. And it's still going. It's still going. (laughs) I was incorrect on that. Um, And it is, Gary covered what universal search is and what it means for all the different Google properties. And Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable also had a nice write-up. And he said, in the podcast, Gary said that Google assigns a score to every result it finds for the rankings. It will then distribute, distribute that score to every index. By index, he means not just the web index, but also images, videos, news, etc. And this is where it gets a little Google adsy, I thought. Gary said, then Google will take all the results that come from all the different indexes and try to mix them together into what we know as universal search. Each of these elements or indexes, quote, are bidding for their desired positions in the search results page. Pretty cool. It's like each one is different. So and what then, makes it Google Ads? Just the word bid? You got to listen to the show. <laughs> and, I, and I wish you luck. I wish you well. <laughs> All right. And if you want a bite-sized write-up, SEO Clarity's Mark Traphagen had a great thread where they explained in detail seven different elements. So you can see it really bite-sized. Follow Mark Traphagen on Twitter if you want a simpler breakdown of what I just gave you. All right. Next up, over on Search Engine Journal, The one and only Lily Ray had a fantastic study about Google Discover. And we talked about doing a Google Discover show on Marketing Clock Mm -hmm. like in 2019, and we haven't got to it yet. And Lily just dropped all the knowledge. Oh, man. So now we can't do one? Well, he just needs to do one with Lily, and it's going to be this article. Join us. (laughs) So go check it out. Basically, she looked at 7,200 URLs and covered everything you need to know about why Google is Discover, how it works, what you need to know. And she had the most important takeaway is that from this analysis, you need to realize that Google Discover should form part of your SEO strategy. So check it out. Who was making it all of their SEO strategies? Well, no, but I I feel like everybody's like, oh, let's look at the core web vitals. Yeah. Let's get, turn I just everything think to a you PDF. emphasize the word part in a way that I don't think Lily would have. Oh, I don't know, but nobody talks yeah. about Discover, yeah. and it's because yeah. nobody's comfortable with it because nobody knows what they're doing because nobody tries, and everybody's like, "Oh, let's look at the core, core web vitals and this and eat." And it's like, no, there's other stuff out there that's cutting edge. There's web stories. There's Discover. There's things that take effort that should be part of your organic plan. Yeah, it's technically not SEO is search engine optimization, but you should be doing it. That's your job. And thankfully, Lily came out and said that. Thanks, Lily. Yeah, thank you for that discovery. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if you like Google Discover, (laughs) like Lily does, (laughs) it seems there's a new article out from Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable, and it seems that Google Discover showcase traffic is 
is now coming in to Google Analytics. And it may only be Google News Discovery Showcase. There's like a fine line, but people are seeing it come through in Google Analytics um, as specifically Discover. Oh, so, cool. yeah, it'd be, it, it would honestly, for Google, if you're listening, which you're not, um, it'd be <laughs> fantastic if we could see actual Discover traffic. And in the example from Vishal Marathe, there's the source is News Showcase. And the medium is Discover. So check that out. And maybe you can see Google Discover News Showcase only. But don't think it covers all of your Discover traffic at all. You can still see that in Search Console. So check it out there. Okay. And next up, YouTube is trialing a cheaper premium light tier without YouTube music. So you can get a YouTube premium light that is ad-free that does not have music. You know what I want? Just just a YouTube, just a nice YouTube and something you can play without your phone being on. And Why not do you need that it. if you have shorts? Nobody wants shorts. YouTube shorts are a disaster. <laughs> Nobody wants it. But playing it without your phone, like with your playing with your phone locks, that's like a premium feature. Which it shouldn't be. You should make the best possible platform for people to do. Say, hey, you know what? There are companies like Spotify going out and paying Call Her Daddy $60 million for an, a, a show. You know what? If you can let people listen to something while they're not actively watching it on their phone, that would be a benefit. Like, hey, if you're Twitter and you could allow an edit button and not have to pay for it, that'd be a benefit. Why don't people make a better platform? I don't know. Capitalism. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> But it's not capitalism. It's stupidity. Like just, nobody wants Google YouTube Music. Yeah, that's why they're getting rid of it in this plan, I guess. Because everyone has like Spotify or something else. What do you use? You don't use YouTube Music. I use Amazon. Because oh. <laughs> wow. it's three dollars cheaper. <laughs> that's how frugal I am. Next up, if you ever wanted to know how Google Broadcore updates impact image search, Glenn Gabe is your go-to and there is a phenomenal article over on gsqi.com where glenn has the article titled google broad core updates and image search can core updates impact image search rankings and he says i absolutely started to see several of them showing impact in image search i just am like ruining glenn's whole post here by i should have said spoiler alert but yes there is that <laughs> and it's a fantastic article like every every one of glenn's articles you're like are. apple news with the olympics is that what they do yeah, every day I would wake up and I'd know the gymnastics results before watching it. Well, there you go. Stay so, tuned for the Olympic Yes, minute. you should check it out over on gsqi.com. All right, next up, Google Question Hub has been redesigned. So if you use Google Hub, Question Hub, if you're one of the three folks that do, you may see a new interface over there. And I think Lily Ray uh, summed up the best. She said, Question Hub got a cute little facelift. Yeah, I guess she's one of the three. Yeah. All right, Microsoft Bing has a did you know box. So you can see, I think this came from Frank Sandman. That's kind of a cool name, Sandman. 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 Oh, I was, Enter, thinking of, sir. I was thinking of my kids and Spider Man and the Sandman thing. But anyway, uh, it is a box that says, did you know, in conjunction with other searches that are out there. Well, I didn't know. All well, right. You know. Something that. Uh, I wish I didn't know came from Sajo George at Sajo George on Twitter. And he said, don't cloak. They said, 
create high quality content, they said. And he's got a post from his publication, TLDR Marketing, showing that how cloaking and scraped content dominated Google search in Norway. And it's an example of a cloaked site just absolutely crushing the SERPs. Cute. <laughs> nice little facelift. All right. <laughs> Next up from Rebecca Dune over, from Sweet Digital over on Search Engine Journal. WordPress dominates the market share of the top 10,000 websites. WordPress makes up 44.3%. Next up is 9.6%. With Drupal. Why are that many people using Drupal? T's and P's. Am I right? Awful. (laughs) It is the single-handedly the worst CMS I have ever set foot in. I was so the worst name. I was surprised about Shopify. Shopify is only 1.7%, but you can check it out over on searchenginejournal.com. And lastly, sadly, the search industry is mourning the loss of Eric Stafford. And Eric was over on the fantastic Duluth, Minnesota AimClear team and has passed away. So uh, Barry Schwartz had a great article recognizing a lot of the thoughts from people around the industry over on Search Engine Roundtable. And there's also a GoFundMe there that we'll link over in our community in our newsletter if you want to help support Eric's family. All right, Mark, that's it in organic. What's happening in social? Okay, well, if you're watching or listening, you're going to notice pretty soon that Greg has magically disappeared. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> he had to take a call, um, but he'll be back, yeah. I think, I heard. Yeah, he. I don't think he was kidnapped. Just like we said goodbye to Greg for this part of the episode. <laughs> Remember about a month ago, Twitter announced on Twitter, at Twitter, on Twitter, <laughs> that they were removing fleets on August 3rd and gave a very nice, we're sorry or you're welcome. Well, it's past August 3rd. Do we still have fleets? No. They're gone now, right? <laughs> now they're gone. Okay. They weren't gone though for a while. So we made it through halfway the day and they were still there. And people were like, what's going on? And Caleb had a great TikTok about it mm-hmm. um, at Marketing O'Clock yeah. on TikTok. Like Twitter, I'm very happy you got rid of stories, but like don't make promises you can't keep. Yeah. And speaking of Twitter, as they're kicking fleets to the curb, they're also welcoming the Associated Press and Rudders to the party <laughs> to increase the scale, speed, and accuracy to which Twitter can provide users with context as to why a topic is trending. And if you remember last September, they finally launched descriptions for trending topics. So you get some explanation and they're just building that out more with actual data from these two pretty reputable news sources. Well, I appreciate this because sometimes things are trending and there's absolutely no reason. It's just like weird kids being mm-hmm. like Bob Costas for yeah. no reason. <laughs> like, I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah. Like, why is that trending? It is right now? No, it's <laughs> not. I just use that as an example. And a lot of times it's just going to say, why is it trending? It's sponsored. It doesn't take the Associated Press <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> Pretty much. So as you know, like at the moment, Twitter isn't doing much to add a description. There's just either like a Twitter moment, a tweet, or a written description as to why a topic is trending. But with this new partnership, it's going to be much more enhanced. So the descriptions will be much more contextual about what's going on in the news. Um, And then um, the descriptions will be 
provided pretty immediately as trends emerge. And they're thinking possibly in some cases, they'll be prepared with descriptions on a topic before it even is actually trending on Twitter, which is really cool. And it's like why it's important to work with news organizations on these types of things. Um, The descriptions are going to be much more accurate and provide much more accurate information when people are disputing facts on Twitter. Like they'll have the factual information and they'll be able to link out to reliable reports in trusted sources more frequently rather than just having their short description. But the partnership isn't ending there. It's not just for trends. So according to Josh Edelson of TechCrunch, this partnership with AP and Reuters will be very important for fighting misinformation on the platform. Data from AP and Reuters will also be used to aid in Twitter public service announcements, add context to news and explore content, inform how they rank um, search results, Um, what prompts are appearing in the Explore and Home tabs related to major like news and political events, and what and when misinformation labels should be applied to tweets. So really great to have this data out there to help them make better decisions. Love to see it. We love facts. (laughs) (laughs) And after 11 quarters of consecutive user growth, Pinterest loses 24 million active users as lockdowns ease and physical stores reopen around the world. And And people finally have the weddings they've been planning for three years. (laughs) Am I right? I hope those were some really good weddings. Yeah, I went to one. It was great. You had a lot of time Mm -hmm. to plan. I have one in a few weeks. I'm hoping this Delta variant and people not getting vaccinated doesn't affect that. So like fingers crossed there. I'll be thinking of you and your dance floor. (laughs) You know how important it is to me. And I will quote Pinterest as lockdowns lifted, people spent less time at home in Q2 2021 versus Q2 2020. Given that many of Pinterest's core use cases, examples decor, garden, cooking, DIY, are especially relevant at home, we believe we disproportionately benefited from increased time spent at home during pandemic lockdowns. Like everyone was like doing their little home projects, Mm -hmm. cooking that perfect vodka sauce. Mm -hmm. And now people are just having some fun in the sun. Yeah. However, um, Pinterest says that they are still on track to meet their long-term growth goals and they were completely prepared for this growth to be short-term. They were well aware that they were overachieving during the pandemic and that that growth was completely unsustainable. Um, they said, though, that despite like monthly active users going down, both shopping and search engagement remain strong and brands are still um, uploading a lot of their catalogs and participating on shopping on the platform and that um, catalog uploads were still up 50% quarter over quarter. So while user growth may be down, they're still growing in other areas. And I think this like kind of speaks to what I was talking about earlier, that people are just spending way less time online and platforms are starting to feel the effects of it. Yeah. So you can't compare quarter over quarter or year over year. There are no comparisons to be made. <laughs> you know, don't compare yourself to others. Just be you. Thanks, Mark. Your daily inspirational quote from Mark. 
And I'm just going to quote our dear, dear friend, Andrew Hutchinson here, because I really could not say this better myself for this next story. He literally took the words right out of my mouth. So I'll start the quote. And then Utterly unsurprising update. Instagram has today announced that the Reels length limit is being extended from 30 seconds to 60 seconds for all (laughs) users. Oh, I wonder where they got that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and his his roasting does not end there. Given that TikTok now enables the upload of longer clips up to three minutes and YouTube shorts... Um, can also be up to 60 seconds in length. It seemed it was only a matter of time before Instagram followed the trend, which is kind of what Instagram does these days, right? End quote. Like, literally, like, I am dead. I'm screaming. You just murdered Instagram. It is so true. And you point out in the article, it's like very interesting because Instagram's video offerings are very confusing and different. So now you have like reels that are 60 seconds. You also, your feed videos are also 60 seconds and you get 15 seconds for stories and like an hour for IGTV. And it's very disjointed, but you can also cross post between the different video offerings. And it's just like Instagram, what are you doing? Figure it out. Mm -hmm. But instead of focusing on making a more cohesive video experience they made this heinous heinous (laughs) meme and if you're not watching on youtube you know that meme that's kind of like the jimmy neutron brain blast i honestly don't know this meme the brain like having different phases of lighting up so it's going like just like the tiny brain that's no (laughs) reels and then the 15 second reels is like there's like a few lights in the brain that's a little bit bigger and then 30 reels the brain is 30 second reels, the brain is like shining really bright and 60 second reels is like the brain is exploding with light. Okay, first of all, the person with no reels, like, are you okay? That really makes me uncomfortable. Brains aren't (laughs) supposed to be that small. Yeah, it's like you have like a baby brain and an adult size It's really uncomfortable and you're definitely getting concussions. Second of all, um, actually, I think it would be more accurate if all of the images were that tiny brain because nobody is using these. Yeah, I'm very glad though. I can post 60 seconds worth of TikTok now on Instagram. Oh, you cross post? Yeah. Wow, we we, I love your cross channel content strategy. Next up in the news, um, we had Julia McCoy shared an extremely comprehensive guide to Instagram search and explore on the Search Engine Journal. And I'm not going to go through all the details. You can find the link to the guide in our newsletter, and you can expect to learn there why Instagram Search and Explore is important for marketers, how Instagram's algorithm works, how to find content across the front page search, topic channels, and Instagram TV, and tips for getting on Instagram Search and Explore pages, which, what's the secret, you may ask? It's very straightforward. It's use location tags and hashtags, post consistently, post at the right times, engage with others, and post high quality content, which most social media marketers probably are already doing. I hope so. Ooh. Lights. Camera. Action. (laughs) For the first time ever, a film distributor will use Facebook to debut a movie exclusively via a ticketed live event. What? Yeah. Are they going to get are they going to get sued? First of all, oh my god. <laughs> we can't. That, that's a I don't know what going on. 
people love to ride dirt bikes and like not motorcycles, like literal dirt bikes. Like they were assembled in their backyard, no up, up and down our street, like right in front of the studio. And I am sorry if you hear them, if they're ruining the audio experience for you. But please address these dirt bike people, people yourself. Yeah, it's not <laughs> um, me. And we're working on our studio. And back to this, they're totally going to get sued by Scarlett Johansson. So they better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Just another way she can make less money, right? Yeah, give me the Mm -hmm. details. So the movie is The Outsider. It's a controversial documentary about the construction of the 9-11 Museum in Manhattan. And it will premiere publicly on Facebook for $3.99 on August 19th. So I immediately really wanted to criticize this because I'm like, Facebook, what are you doing? But there is a very good perspective on this in that putting films on Facebook for kind of like niche, like artistic or like smaller films could lower the barrier to distribute content for smaller filmmakers and studios. Like traditionally you'd be going to like niche theaters and local theaters and things like that and looking to reach those audiences in smaller markets. And it's really difficult to be brokering those local, those like very local deals. I guess, but like who's going to pay for it if people don't know of you on Mm -hmm. Facebook? I don't know. I I know. We'll see how it goes. They're also really trying to make the Simone Biles documentary happen too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of, I'm just kind of concerned for like Facebook's product strategy here because they're kind of like throwing everything at it and trying to keep use on the platform and seeing what works. There's not really a strategy. They're trying to do like everything. I just also can't see myself ever saying it's movie night. $4, $4, Facebook. Yeah, can it's, you even you know, stream that to your TV? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Well. You have to like plug in your laptop through HDMI. We'll have to figure it out. I don't know about the controversy, so I, I'm scared to say this, but it does sound kind of interesting. I love the 9 Yeah, will Memorial. you be paying $3.99 for it? Um, Probably not. <laughs> what else is happening? Well, rounding out the news, we have another Facebook story that's actually a tweet that literally has me screaming. I was dead when I read this. So the original tweet is from Ben Araz at Viable Ben on Twitter. He says, in a little bit over a year as a PM at Facebook, which stands for product manager usually, but also could be project manager, I've created zero tickets slash tasks. We don't do sprints either. PMs here focus on vision, Strategy and partnerships, less on project management and tasks. Engineers carry most of the project management responsibility and create their own tasks. It's great. And then David Herman at Herman Digital (laughs) had a great take. And he goes... This would explain why my open tickets never go answered. (laughs) Oh my God. What is that tweet? Your project managers do nothing? Like Like, what? Like why are engineers managing their own projects like like you're not a project manager then focus less on project management and tasks <laughs> so what are like, you doing if you're not doing tasks this is insanity well like, that's as what a project the manager. next the other response was from at is trent yeasel at yeasel <laughs> on twitter um project managers that don't focus on project management no wonder if fb is terrible it's such a joke like the goal like, of this tweet to just say like even though I'm a product manager, I just don't do product management. It's it's just like, <laughs> it's a vanity title. What are you doing? What is going on? Like engineers have enough on their plates. They shouldn't be managing their own projects as well. Yeah, I'm just, it hey, explains so much. Vision, strategy, and partnerships, man. I love buzzwords. <laughs> Thank you, the Facebook. <laughs>
And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. So when you are looking at bid estimates in Microsoft Ads Editor, first of all, there are never any there when you launch a campaign, which is so annoying. Second of all, when you add the columns, there are columns for first page estimates, mainline estimates, and best position estimates. But then when you go to raise them in bulk with the little box that pops up, you only have options to raise to first page or raise to top of page. So first of all, get your nomenclature straight. Is it best position or is it top of page? Like figure it out and call them the same thing on the same. My mind was blown. I'm so upset about this. And second of all, why isn't mainline an option in the little box? Well, that's how Google is too. Like it, Google only gives you two options. It's what, either first page or top of page. You don't get the absolute top of can page. Can you tell? But this is the opposite, right? The middle one is missing. Wait. So mainline, I think, means top of page. It's such a mess. It doesn't make any sense. Because Figure basically, Microsoft ads is kind of like, we're going to copy everything that Google does, but we're just going to change the names on So you have things. no idea what's happening. Target and bid or bid only. Sorry, that upset me. Um, Greg isn't here. Uh, he has in his notes that he's mad about negative keywords. So <laughs> we can figure that out. <laughs> Something's not working there. Mark, what about you? I'm just overall pissed at Google Ads this past week. I've had so many issues. I want to start with the most egregious, which is a change in responsive display ads. Um, it used to be that if you had an image that wasn't up to Google's quality standards, like you'd get your ad flagged for low image quality, and then you click into the RDA, and it would tell you exactly which image they have a problem with. This week, I have a client, they have amazing imagery. Like they have an in-house designer that built these wonderful images that we've been using for our responsive display ads for over a month. I had one ad that has the exact same images that are used in some other ads and other ad groups that aren't disapproved get disapproved for low image quality. When I look at performance, they are all like good or best. And then you click into it and every single image says high performing. And if you go to remove it, you get that warning notification that goes, this is a high performing image for so you. you. Do you want to remove it, it? So there is no way to find out which image is causing the disapproval. Are you, is it an editor and online? This was just online. Because I feel like things are disapproved wrong in editor all the time. Yeah. So I just made a slight tweak to the ad and it's back in the approval so process. Stupid. And they finally be fine. And it's like, that's annoying. I have a remarketing audience that's 28,000 on display, but it's zero on search and YouTube. Like, how does that make any sense? I had another one, this client, they're kind of a mess. And for some reason, even though being one company, they have five different websites and it causes some issues with having multiple websites and ad groups accidentally. And they were doing a sale and want us every, everything to go to this one landing page. So we upload a bunch of new display ads. There were a couple ad groups that we missed that were going to the other websites. And when we added the sale landing page, it caused some disapprovals with multiple domains and one ad group. Um, the issue is that after you change the URLs, it doesn't automatically go back into the approval process. And when you hover over it to hit appeal, there isn't an appeal button. So you have to purposely cause another issue with the ad, like a trademark, to get the appeal button to show up. Upside down smiley face. I was, I'm just so mad at them this week. Caleb, are you mad or happy this week? I am not as mad as you guys, but I am I am unhappy. Um, I was doing a bunch of audiences in Audience Manager, and they were really quick, really simple to make, just like boom, boom. But it kept crashing, like right when I was like 
you know, add a URL to something. So it would made the process twice as long because it would reload in the middle of me about to finish making the audience. And it was super frustrating at the time. And I just, it just made my entire day bad. But I'm happy now, so. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, I'm happy you're happy. <laughs> Thank you. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. And this week's Cool Tool is from Christina Brodsky at C. Brodsky on Twitter. Recent guest from our marketing talk. She's just simply lovely. Make sure you listen to it. Yeah, on digital marketing reporting. Check it out wherever you're watching this. And she says, who needs a new SEO content audit template? Here you go. It helps to inform next step suggestions based on what else? Data. It also makes it more actionable and collaborative to work through with clients. And in this tweet, which we'll have in our newsletter, she shares a Google sheet that you can copy to your own drive that is super helpful for performing a content audit from an SEO perspective. It is super comprehensive and it's color coded and just very easy to understand and has all of these columns to help you track notes and recommendations on different content pieces target keywords for each of the content pieces, draft links to the drafts of new versions of the content, all the columns you need for key metrics to track the success of content pieces and the current status of like how you're updating the content or what you're doing with it. It is extremely comprehensive. She thought of everything. And even if you don't use it exactly how she uses, this is a great tool and a great starting place. And it's so generous of her to share this with everyone in the community. She's so, awesome. Thank you very much, Christina. Sorry, we, sorry, we wrote Christine in the YouTube uh, description. <laughs> Caleb just writes my name a million times a day. He's on autopilot. I'm sorry. Okay. And now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. All right, and this week's must-read marketing article of the week is The Ultimate Guide to Getting Started with Email Marketing for Small Businesses from Sterling Skies, Carrie Hill. And this is a really in-depth article about just starting ground up, everything from brainstorming to you know metrics to uh, just like anything you could possibly want to know. And I really like that it has a TLDR little blurb at the end that just condenses it and gives it to you straight and quick. Yeah, so check it out. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. And Greg has magically reappeared because how could he miss <laughs> the Olympic winning? I couldn't. I can't do it. Okay, so Greg shared some of his hot takes about the Olympics last week. And I think this week we both have a couple. And Mark and Caleb, you can just like let us know what you think. Okay, so I don't even know where to begin. Okay. Do you want me to begin? I've got so many takes this week. <laughs> I do too. Calm down. All right. Well, I'll start then. Okay. So I think first off, I use Twitter a lot. I see so many videos. I'm like, last week, 
Twitter was ablaze with NBA draft and free agency course, and videos. Yeah. You can't put videos on Twitter. There's no <laughs> videos of the Olympics on Twitter. They take everything down with DCMA yep. requests. There's nothing. You can't see anything that happened on Twitter. It feels so fake. And I yep. don't, it makes me hate the Olympics. I can't see anything that's happened. That's Nobody crazy. shares anything. See, and I agree. I was saying earlier that I've just been completely unplugged from it, and that's probably part of the reason you can't, you can't, you can't use it. Yeah. And then they show it as an ad, but you have to watch an ad to see that. And I'm not doing this. I've literally never noticed that. I don't see. I don't, I've, I've seen nothing online of Olympics because you just see so, somebody just spoils it, like you talked about yes. with Apple News. Okay, well that was my. Well, point. But there's no video of it spoiling it. Do you notice that they're just like, oh, Simone Biles well, did this. I'm happy for it. Okay. So moving on to my um, biggest complaint is NBC is ruining the Olympics. Why? 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 Okay. I understand you want to save some stuff for primetime. It's available on Peacock if you want to watch it. Turn. Nobody cares about the Today Show this week. Like we're all depressed hearing about the Delta variant. Literally the women's gymnastics all around was at 7 a.m. on a Tuesday or something. They're on the Today Show talking about how Simone isn't competing and they're not showing it live. Everyone could be watching it live. Instead, it's getting spoiled for us by freaking Apple News, somebody else who's ruining the Olympics, and everyone's Instagram story because you have to spoil everything because we can't watch it live unless you have Peacock, which thank God I do, but I'm sick of the American <laughs> Ninja Warriors guys hosting everything. They're such clowns. <laughs> and I mean, okay, if Bob Costas has to be canceled because of his eye, I understand, but you could at least put him on Peacock during the live stuff. Yeah. I miss him. <laughs> I like Mike Tirico, to be fair. Mike I do. Tirico, He's doing a good NBC job. has fantastic commentators. 100%. Minus the, the best. Yeah. Tirico is fantastic. Casas is great. We've talked about the labeling, like how they're trying to do stuff with fake news on Twitter. If you're going to retweet fake news or something, that an article you haven't read, how about a warning for your Instagram story? Do you really want to spoil the Olympics yeah. for Christine <laughs> Zernhoff? Is that really what you woke up and wanted to do today? They have spoiler things on Reddit. Like, why don't they have them on other social media? I don't tags, know. Yeah. And my thing, also NBC, I've been watching most of the coverage on YouTube and they put who wins everything in the title of the YouTube video. Like, why am I going to watch it if I already know what happened? And this could all be resolved if NBC would just like have it on all the time and assume we're all watching it instead of the stupid prime time. It's so annoying. Like no one wants your stupid streaming service. And you can't tell me that the track and field guy on Peacock isn't Joe Buck. The guy commenting. <laughs> he's Fox. He's Fox Network. That's so he's better what they not said. Be I think he's breaching his contract to come over to NBC for this. And they're not showing us his face on purpose. And the commentators are different in the morning than they are in the evening. Because I think Nastia Lukin doesn't do it live in the morning. She watches the event. Then she tells the story the way she wants and does it I after. agree with you. I agree with you. I tried okay. watching that. It's 100%. Recapping a story, not doing it live, which is awful. It's awful for the viewer. I feel so relieved. Okay, do you have more points? Yes. I don't know how spicy you want to get here, but one thing that I've noticed is in general, swimmers do anything they can do not to have drag, right? There's no, you have, you have swim caps on. Back in like eight years ago, they had those full body suits where they broke all the records so yeah. that there was like no body hair anywhere. Double swim cap. Double swim cap. Body suits that got eliminated and everything. And like, so anybody in the water is like no drag. 
And then anybody on land is I, like, I had the same. Let's have drag. There's a guy qualifying with a full mustache and a mullet. There are people. People have jewelry. They're getting down on the line, tucking jewelry in. It's the like girls have like beautiful people. long hair. They don't even put it in a ponytail. It's yeah, there's nuts. somebody from England that was like her hair, her ponytail was like swishing in the face of the other person. I'm like, maybe that's why. Maybe I it's just like so hurt. But it's like the people in the water must be like, what are you land people yeah. doing? Like, well, we hate drag. But that's actually, like, a good strategy for, like, track and field. Like, if you feel someone, like, coming up behind you, just, like, Ooh, shake your maybe hair. That's so early warning system. I love it. It's so crazy. I had the same conversation But yesterday. you see him get on the blocks, and everybody's tucking the jewelry in. And it's, like, with a lot of sports, too. Baseball, all that stuff. But it's, like, you're you're going 50 meters. Like, that's I'm going to wear a parachute. <laughs> Okay, um, I just wanted to talk about how there's a whole soccer tournament going on right now that's not the Olympics, and it's like in America, <laughs> and my husband wants to watch it, but our team isn't good enough for that, for the Olympics, but they were like doing pretty good in this gold cup. Like, why would you do that at the same time? You need an intervention with your husband it's if that's so what he's weird. watching. <laughs> All right, I, do you want the spiciest take now, yeah, or do you want it after? You can do it now. Just do it. Okay. Swimming sucks. I tried watching a 1500 meter swimming thing. That was so it's late. Back and forth 30 times. I made it 12 and I fell asleep and I woke up the next day. And I'm like, uh, what happened in this swimming run? You're going back and forth. Do you know what? If you had to watch a mile run and somebody's doing 100 meter back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, you would just tap out and be like, I can't do this anymore. This is awful. And swimming in a pool sucks. So here's my hot take take all the lazy rivers turn them into swimming <laughs> loops, laps. And you're doing laps and you're actually passing people like NASCAR. You're, you're passing people in a lap. Like that me on exciting. vacation? Yeah. Like normal people? That would be hilarious. But like running, I'm like, why isn't running not this bad? And it's like, oh, because you're actually competing against somebody. You're actually going around them and you're trying to pass people and swimming. You're just in this little thing going back and forth and back and forth like a goldfish. Like use the la- And we have lazy rivers. Take those, turn them into tracks how awesome would that be i think i should be in there with an inner tube too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. that 1500 would have been much better in yeah. a lazy river oh my gosh they can interview you as someone swims by <laughs> wait the next olympics are going to be at martin's fantasy island and <laughs> okay my final take is to poke holes in this i think they could have so many merchandising opportunities like we have all these smart tvs like by the next olympics there's going to be links to all the merch from the page because we were sitting there like my sister-in-law loves the Olympics and she wants to spend a million dollars on all the clothes. She's like, what bomber jacket do you think that is? <laughs> Simone Biles is on the podium. Have a link to it right there. She would have bought it. She'd be like, what, leotard is that? Can I get it with the goat on there or not? <laughs> like, that's- and furthermore, cut back on these terrible diabetes ads and have the athletes wear sponsored outfits like they do in soccer and NASCAR. It would be Sh- way more wholesome. Read the last one on my Olympic minute. Commercials are all pharmaceuticals. The commercials are all pharmaceuticals. It's like you're watching athletes perform at the top of like human yeah. pinnacle, like the pinnacle of human achievement. And then after <laughs> you have a break of like just pharmaceutical ads. It's so, just far. I don't watch TV. I don't watch live TV. Is this what it is? It's just li- it's just pharmaceuticals. It, it yeah, pretty so much. Nice pretty to much. Live in other countries where it's illegal to advertise pharmaceuticals. That's my thing. Why do you do? Why or do they you, can do it, but we can. Are doctors it, smarter it, than like civilians? It can't be yes. made either because <laughs> consider you just watch someone like like you said swim like 1500 meters and everything, and then the next ad is just like, do you have sore knees? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh. yeah, you and may have. Why, I'm sitting on my couch while I watch other people swim. Exactly. 
crazy. That's why it's so weird that it's Laura Hernandez's dad because it's literally none of these people have problems that they would ha- need a pharmaceutical <laughs> for. Crazy. So she's got to be like, my dad has diabetes. <laughs> like, it's so random. It's so weird. Like, my dad, not in the Olympics, <laughs> but here, diabetes, take it. I do know Ask people your with diabetes. Okay, well, I'm really, we really agreed with everything. I feel like I lost 10 pounds today. So we'll see you next week.